it's off. Welcome back to another week. Sometimes crypto. <laughs> the unscripted crypto, crypto podcast. Hey yo. Got the whole thing now. Yeah, yeah. It is a whole thing. We got the cameras up, but that's fun. We'll try again. We'll try again. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. We'll see. We'll we see. make no promises once again. We'll see. <laughs> there was no video last time. Maybe, maybe not this time. You'll find out on the day. That it's posted. That or the next day. Or the next day. All right. Well, we got fun topics for today. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it? Yeah. Yeah. What fun topics do we have, Alex? All right. Well, I want to talk about liquid staking. No one cares. <laughs> you want to talk about some current event news. Big news. A bank went down. Yeah. The second, well, three, two banks technically went down. No, you said three. Like... Well, technically there's four. What? Well, on, two have only officially gone down. The other two are like maybes. Really? Correct. Okay. I didn't know about that. What do you mean maybes? Like they're not. They're being watched. They're being watched. Okay. In case. In case. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. I didn't know about that. Come on, son. I didn't know about those other two. Yeah. Right, which one was the first one? I thought you were talking about your thing first. We don't talk about them. Okay. What? Let's do the fun stuff first. Life's difficult for me. Please. Yeah, nothing's too too hard for you. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, over the weekend, as ever, well, Friday, everyone should know, SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, went bankrupt. Insolvent? Insolvent? Uh, run on the banks. A bank run. A bank run. Running on the banks. Similar how to they did the, the FTX, but yes. yeah. boy, this is worse. Yeah, because it's a bank. It's a fucking bank. That's crazy. So, yes. What went down? What transpired? What events? What I gathered is SVB's uh, balance sheets were reported and they're looking into it. They and were reported? Yeah. Like they're, they have to report their balance sheets to the FDIC. Okay. At end of day, every day, whatever. And it was caught that it was showing that they, they were technically positive. Mm-hmm. Air quotes. But however, when they they're reading into it, Apparently, they had uh, bonds that are considered risk-free assets. There is no risk to them. Considered. Considered. Okay. Because you bonds are held to time of maturity to get you. They pay out whatever they're going to pay out, and you get back your money mm-hmm. at whatever you paid. Because bonds are government issued. Correct, though. Right. So those are considered risk-free assets. In the Dodd Frank Act that was in place, ages uh, 1933-1930s, around that time. The what? Dot Frank Act. Actually, I lied to you. That happened two thousand eight. I gave the wrong date. I apologize. Dot Frank. Dot Frank Act. Okay. Two thousand eight. Okay. After financial crisis. Okay. Um. Essentially, it had that <clears throat> you don't have to label risk free risk free assets as losses because they're going to be held to time of maturity. Mm-hmm. In re- in those bonds that they were holding that they bought at peak prices during pandemic with super low interest low rates. Low interest rates. So they're yeah. they're they're only getting paid out like one. One two percent basically. Mm-hmm. Interest rates are super high now. So now they're paying five percent. Okay. In, in interest rates. Uh, so, so those bonds are worth or have lost a lot of value because there's new bonds a year, that are worth even more a year later to a year and a half later. They're that worth five percent. So and you can't sell those now to be lit. Those are you can sell them now for loss, but they had to sell because there was a bank run because that number came out. Mm. So they apparently were down. In, in losses for those bonds, 
50 15 billion dollars 15 billion dollars yes that that were not realized they're not realized losses because they had the whole time to maturity however when the when people realize that and all these big um venture funds that they bank with that are banked with them were told hey pull your money out but before that go they talked to goldman sachs they made a call be like hey wh- what can we do to get out of this no the goldman sachs no i mean fdic connected svp and goldman sachs no svp called goldman sachs oh they're, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah they're banks you just call the bank the, the, the head bank guys and they're asking what do we do and they came up with a strategy like we'll sell some stock of the company to make up the money mm-hmm. and buy out and buy and, and so we could re-put deposits in so mm-hmm. they had the liquidity up so apparently they didn't have time to put confidentiality agreements in place and word got out that they were looking for liquidity from Goldman Sachs. They were, they were going to sell stocks, not from Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs but gave them the plan. Goldman Sachs was going to sell stocks. I'm sorry. <laughs> SBV went to Goldman Sachs to ask them, how do we get out of this hole? Mm-hmm. Goldman Sachs told them, you can sell your stock. So SBV is going to sell their stock to cover the losses and cover the deposits. We're good? Yeah, I follow. You follow? Yeah. We're good now. So since, since they're going to do that, Goldman, they do that. There's not confidentiality agreements. Word gets out, apparently. The tank Friday morning, I mean, yeah, the stock Friday morning tanks Tanks. at 60%. The plan could still go through and work, whatever. Didn't go through. Didn't happen. People's because big venture funds that are banking with them that have millions of dollars for payroll and other things start withdrawing funds immediately. I believe it was like 10 billion or something like that was pulled out of the stock market. for Well, not a stock market out of the banks deposits. Okay. So even more money was pulled out. From- well, no, no, it's all happened in one day. Okay. It's all like they're, the putting funds happened in one day. Mm-hmm. The stock selling all that was the day prior to try to cover it because they knew it was going to happen. Okay. Because it was already coming up. Yeah. And immediately after that, bank run happens and they got no money. They can't cover. They were in- okay. Well, they sold the they sold their bonds whatever at a loss. They had to realize it, and that caused them to lose to realize like one one and a half billion in losses that they can no longer cover because mm-hmm. they don't have the money then they try to sell stock it tanks they could, still can't cover create making them insolvent because nothing they sell now can cover the hole they're in yeah that's crazy it's a bankrupt oh yeah they're bankrupt but don't they have uh that fdic insurance oh yeah they're using it they, in this case it's fdi it's emergency plan that the fdic came up with the insolvency includes the the insurance policy so the only people who are getting bailed out here are depositors mm-hmm. anyone who had money in the bank Correct. not bondholders not shareholders none of those oh just cash yes okay so they're not saving the bank they're going to cash out depositors <laughs> with the money that's in the fdic pool okay. that in this situation they're, they're originally only two hundred fifty thousand that they protect per account per person per, per head of per person they're going to cover whatever deposits were in there mm-hmm. to keep depositors whole and then whoever lost their funds lost their funds that's crazy damn and uh how much how much funds were lost in the whole process what do you mean like the 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 creditors because it's only up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. they're getting everything paid they're gonna they're fine yeah they said it they're gonna cover everything all the potters are gonna be fully covered is what they is what the fdic said fdic mm. was able to cover the two hundred fifty thousand dollars for each account within that bank do you not follow does he not follow? Fi- no, you're not following. I said they're going to cover whatever they had in deposits, not just uh, 250. 
Oh, all of it. Did I stutter when I said that twice or like three times to him? Did I, did I not say all of it? Camera, are we with me right now? That all of it got me by surprise. Yeah, yeah, they're going to cover all deposits, even past the 250. Oh, okay. Interesting. Good for them. For the people, yes. Yeah, for the people, not for the insurance policy. Now, here's the fun part. <laughs> here's the fun part, he says. How much money do you think the FDIC has to cover what just occurred? Like, to cover those, to cover so, deposits like, like to that. To cover those deposits? To cover $250,000 okay, in so deposits. So, the bank... I don't know. I, I'm assuming that, that you said that that bank was in the hole 1.5. So I'm going to say 1.5 billion. No, no. They have to cover all deposits. Which is what, what, not what the bank is in the hole. I'm not sure. I'm assuming they're going to use uh, bank assets to cover deposits as well. Obviously, they have to. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so they are, so whatever they have to put up. But assuming they can't, because they can't sell those assets fast enough, they're going to have to use their own cash that's liquid first. Mm -hmm. And then they would have to sell it out to make back the dip, to make back the money. It's most likely what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So assume that they would have to pay out the the majority of the deposits. Maybe not just the, the spread. I don't know how that would work. But not the point. My point is, how much money do you think the FDIC has in FDIC insurance already stored? Um, also remember, this is a insurance that's paid by every bank who's FDIC insured up to 250000 for all creditors. For, for all, all deposits. For all depositors. Up to two fifty. Okay. Uh, you would assume... Half a billion dollars? I mean, my bad. $500 billion. I would assume more than that, but you're off. So how many How many people? I don't know. What? More than that? A trillion dollars? Should be. A trillion. More than that. More than that? But it's not. Okay. So in FDIC, insurance liquid cash, mm. they have $125 billion. And they have a credit line with the Federal Reserve for another 125 billion. So they have like 300 billion in FDIC insurance that they can use for whatever. Okay. Do you know how much FDIC insurance? How much FDIC insurance there's it there is? Like how many deposits they have to cover? Like the amount? Total amount covered? No clue. Nine point something trillion dollars. What? Damn! <laughs> Holy crap! Wow, that's a big, big gap. So the FDIC would technically... That's like a lot of money that's not fully covered. Mm -mm. They could only... Okay, so how much money did they spend on this bank, SBF's, S, SBV? SVB? SVB? Uh, S Silicon Valley Bank. Right? Silicon, yeah. yeah. Um, how much money did, they, did the FDIC pay for that? It hasn't said. I don't think it's been said yet. Just because it, they're still going under the process. But even though they said depositors would be able to pick up money on Monday, this is Tuesday. This will be out Thursday, so this is going to be even later on in the week. But I'm thinking probably like a few billion already. A few billion? Yeah. Uh, oh, because it's a three. four. Either way, it's a $3 billion hole, so it's a few billion. Yeah. Not more, not tens of billions. 250000 for each depositor. So FDIC insures up to $250,000 for each depositor, yes. for each account ownership. That's the standard. Uh-huh. They said they're gonna with um make all depositors whole. Okay. Um what no so how many people were affected by this? A couple. Yeah. So main like the main 12. thing is so the main thing is uh uh the the Silicon Valley Bank was a startup bank. So a lot of uh startups would go to them. It's a startup bank. Yeah, I'm hearing something about that. So it's about sixty-five thousand companies. 
that got affected okay that are startups respectfully yeah they had they uh basically uh put seed money respectfully 55 percent were all startups like they contributed mm-hmm. to 55 percent of startups uh silicon valley bank yes okay like they banked the, that many 50 percent of all startups damn that's crazy that's a big number so, yeah. yeah definitely like the go-to startup bank correct is there any particular reason for that? They were designed to be a, f- a friendly startup bank to, to get easy funding or whatever is needed. Okay, so they help them get more funding and situate them for that. Correct. More than as Silicon Valley Bank had more than one hundred seventy-five billion dollars in deposits and yep. two hundred nine billion dollars in total assets. Yeah, damn. But that doesn't include the fact that a lot of those assets were in bonds and bonds are down. Yeah. Well, their bonds are down. The other part, the other issue here is they were out, they didn't have a compliance officer for about eight to nine months. Oh, really? So the person who would have been on oversight to see these things was not there. Who would have hedged against those bonds or sold earlier mm-hmm. to get out of those bad positions and buy the new position that we're going to start opening up at a higher yield. Okay, so U.S. unveils decisive action on SVB, says all depositors to have access to deposits. Yeah, which I wouldn't stop a bank run either way yet. No, no. Well, that whole news about the FDIC insurance thing, it's kind of crazy about what it what it's covering and what it has available to cover. Well, that's all banks. Yeah, depositors will have access to all their money starting Monday, March 13th, according to a joint statement by U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen Yellen. and Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell. Okay, the FDIC took... Oh, so they're offering loans uh, to institutions for covering that that funds is what they're doing. Interesting. That way they don't have to pull their own money out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I was wondering, I was like, if... If the FDIC only has $300 billion, you said $300 billion, right? $150 billion cash, $150 billion cash, and $150. $125 billion cash, like another $150, $100 something. Credit so they right. only have $300 billion in uh, available funds. It doesn't make sense to be for them to be um, so loosely paying off the full. Well, that's why they go to other institutions yeah, first. Yeah, which is what they did. Looked for one-year loans. Exactly. Interesting. So uh, how did that affect uh, those startups? So um, it didn't get to affect them as bad as it would have. Well, yeah, because they, they, they got their funds today. They got, yeah, they were yesterday. Yesterday, you're right. Yeah, they were able to access funds a lot sooner. So they ideally, they should be able to have um, access to payroll accounts and stuff like that. So they shouldn't, it shouldn't have affected them as bad as it would have. Okay. If they had, they not gotten their money. Yes, and this would have been a longer process and their funds would have been uh, locked out for longer. There would have been an issue, but it was not. Interesting. So what was that second bank that got affected? Signature. Signature? Yeah, it was going to have a same, a very similar issue, but the FDIC took it over immediately after realizing that it could have like the exact, or is going to have, or it's having, like it had a small bank run and the same thing was going to happen and they just took it over immediately. Signature. They had the same situation where they had bonds. Uh, maybe not the bonds themselves, but just uh, people heard the news that every all banks kind of had a small bank run. Mm-hmm. So it was just some banks got tested and Signature was one of the ones that was like, oh, we don't, we can't cover this we either. We can't cover this either. Okay. How many, how many banks do you think uh, are in that position? Um, 
from an article I saw, there are a f just, well, not the article I saw. My job told us on Monday to look out for uh, statements for Signature, for SVB, and the first national, national first, another a northern state bank. There was one more that I don't remember the name of right now, but maybe not that they were going to having an issue, but they could have could have an issue. So they're just being watched by the FDIC because they all report to them every day, every day. OK. It seems like some scary news. It's going insolvent. Are we going to have another uh, Great Depression situation? What? If we're going to have a in your opinion, do you think we're going to have another Great Depression situation going on? I would. I wasn't there for the first one, so I wouldn't know <laughs> how how it turned out the first time around. Oh, we were in. It was bad. Yeah, but like we'll have similar. We'll be fine. We'll live. We'll live. We'll figure it out. I mean, we lived the last time, right? That's what I'm saying. Um, but apart from that, Circle also had 3.3 billion in deposits with them with SVV, SVV Silicon Valley Bank. Silicon Valley. And the minute that came out, circles depegged to like eighty-seven cents. Circle depegged to eighty-seven cents mm -hmm. over the weekend. The stable coin. The stable coin. That's yeah. Crazy. USDC. USDC depegged to eighty-seven cents because they have bonds. They had cash. With, oh, they had cash with us. Yeah. VB. Okay. And circle for every dollar for every dollar they have in assets, they have one equal USDC. Mm -hmm. So they had 3.3 billion locked up. They're short 3.3 billion in circle in USDC, mm -hmm. which is like relative like 8%. Which is what it dropped down in value. I think a little no, more, more than that. More than that. Yeah, more than that. Dropped down 13 Just because of liquidity issues, I'm assuming. Because uh, some people had to stop uh, withdrawals of circle and like conversions. Mm -hmm. I don't, uh, some crypto exchanges did. I know Coinbase didn't. <clears throat> and circle also stopped it momentarily, but they said, it was all going to be restarted on well this past Monday. Yeah, well, because they're getting the funds back. Yeah, and then Circle, re I mean, USDC repegged on Monday. That's crazy. But the people who bought who bought USDC at $0.87 cents made some money. Made some money. <laughs> made some for every dollar. You got like a, you got a dollar and then some. That's right. I didn't even know USDC got depegged until yesterday. You're distracted. It's okay. Yeah. Got to stay more focused. Eye on the market. Is always on the market. So it repegged already. Yes. When yesterday? Yesterday. Okay. Yes, it got a repeg. They said it repegged at point nine 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 seven. So you can call it a dollar if you really want to. Yeah. That's crazy. I saw Bitcoin was having a little, little. little it's back up. Yeah. Twenty five. Yeah, that's what I saw today actually. It was like at twenty five. That's wild. It was at nineteen the other day. Yeah, but then you have a bank run and you're like. <sighs> The banks are crypto. Which was a scam at, at this point? <laughs> That's the question people are asking. Well, kind of like the same thing with banks. How some banks, depending on the size and whatever, banks are are typically only required to have ten percent of uh, reserves in cash. Yeah, because of fractionalized reserves. Correct, though. That's crazy. The way that works, that fractionalized reserves. It's a trust system. We just trust the money will be there. Yeah, that's insane. We just like we just trust it will be there. I had to explain that the other day, the fractionalized reserve system. And I was like, bro, like, there's not enough money. <laughs> no. It's all borrow. It's all yeah, relent and relent. Yeah, so relent. Whenever you, you take 
Let's say you have a thousand dollars. You take it to the bank. The bank only needs to keep one hundred dollars. Yep. They can lend out the nine hundred dollars. And then you let's say whoever the person who lent who borrowed that nine hundred dollars will likely be spending that somewhere. They'll be borrow no, yes, and they'll be borrowing at a rate. And then uh, of course, yeah, they're gonna have to pay some interest on that. Um but then those nine hundred dollars will go to another business, assuming that business also deposits that money into the bank. Yep. That bank, whether it be the same bank or a different bank, only needs to keep yep. 10%. Keep, keep it 10%. Which is means that they could lend out $810. Assume they all, they got another, uh, the same, the same thousand. Huh? Assume they got the same, they redeposited the same thousand. No, no, no. The interesting thing is like how much, how many times can that one thousand initial $1,000 deposit be lent out? A lot. How much added value can that $1,000 be? It ends up being about like ten thousand dollars lent out. Yeah, and like like that one thousand dollars in the assuming that that's like the financial system. Yeah, that one thousand dollars that's entered can turn into ten thousand dollars by the end of its like cycle. Cycle, which is insane. So like let's say all these people who have deposited money into the bank say they all go and ask for money. They're like, bro. I, don't got it like no no so to I have a bank so to just have a bank run you only need 10 percent of people to go and ask for money yeah pretty much because it only requires to have 10 you only need to require 10 percent. if we are at 10 percent of people of depositors of that bank going just request mm-hmm. their maximum 10 percent. that's all they got yeah that's crazy and after that they won't have any more cash they so how likely do you think it is that 10 percent of the population or 10 percent of a bank's population it varies bank on bank uh-huh so like local banks are more likely to have a bank run than uh, it's easier for them to have a bank run because they probably either have to hold less cash or more. It depends. Mm-hmm. I know that there's a scores list for like best banks. Uh, Chase is number one standing alone, like in terms of liquid, like they're the most li- likely to, <clears throat> if there's a bank run to be able to sustain it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next there's like on the next tier is like four other banks, uh, city, city group, uh, TD, I think, and then like another three. I think Bank of America was in that list, and then another X amount of banks on a on the lower list. But then it, this pushes towards a uh, centralized banking. What do you mean? It means that all the funds are 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 withheld between a small amount of banks. Yeah, like five or six banks. Yeah, mm-hmm. it goes to centralized banking. Mm-hmm. Let's com- it's uh, anti competitive. Correct, because right now uh, smaller banks are the ones that are at risk, are at the most at risk. Because so they're then they're less likely to be. Well, more, people are less likely to bank with them because they they would be fearful of the, of bank runs and not having the cash, so they would go to a bigger bank that they can put more cash to have the cash to be able to withdraw, mm-hmm. or they feel more comfortable in. Yeah. Would you say your money is safe in a bank? Depends on the bank. Money has no real value. It can disappear tomorrow. Money has no. Just add value. Just be able. You as an individual add be, value. You'll be, be fine. Money itself, you you yeah. just had a bank run. It's it was unfortunate. Blocked. The thing is, it's unfortunate to have already stored value. You obviously added because you, you don't get that from just being. Before gold had a dollar amount, gold was just valuable. Gold was just gold. Yeah, it was just valuable. Same thing. The dollar. The only reason the dollar, the actual dollars have value is because we were giving it a mm-hmm. sense of. But what I'm saying is like it's just unfortunate whenever something that does have value, like perceived value, that you're like kind of trusting goes to shit and no longer has that value. So your efforts of saving, you can tell you into crypto are not a thing, or just hard assets like gold. 
What do you mean? Gold still will have value. Yeah. The only issue with gold is that it's difficult to break down. Hard to break down, difficult to transport, blah, blah, blah. We know, yeah, we, get it, we, get it, we get it, we get it, we get it, we get it. We get it. No, this is a crypto, crypto guy. Yeah, yeah, we get it, we get it. Gold, this, and the other. The same spiel. <laughs> the same old, the same sh- old spiel. Doesn't change. Doesn't change. It's crazy. But yeah, that's what's going on with the banking system right now. Getting nice little fun uh, trust test. Mm-hmm. Stress test? Stress, stress test. Stress test. Which people are stressed. Your own pal hates life right now. Oh, I'm sure. Your own pal is like, I don't know what to do next week. I'm sure. Do I raise rates? Do I not raise rates? Do I. <laughs> oh, did you hear about a CPI report? What happened? It I, didn't do anything. I, 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 I even look at it. I forgot what's today. I remember. No, I remember what's today. I saw you saying 6%. nothing happened. Six percent mm-hmm. was that six point five the other week? I don't know. Six percent. Jerome gonna raise rates. <laughs> Jerome was gonna break the system. Jerome's gonna be like, "I'm sinking the ships." I'm sinking the ships. He's going for a soft landing. What soft landing? He he just bankrupt two banks. <laughs> what soft landing is there? He just bankrupt two banks. What soft landing? That was those banks' faults, man. Not Jerome's. No, no, he's the one raising rates. If he wouldn't raise rates the way he did, they don't go, the bonds don't go to 5% rates. Their bonds don't lose the amount of value they do. Mm-hmm. He's, no, 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 he's part of the, he's part of this problem. He's just doing his job. His job is breaking the system. <laughs> his job is to, 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 I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying he did do it. He, he's, he went, I guess he went up, 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 up. <laughs> um, think, think about it, I guess. A, every time a basis, a quarter of a basis point is raised. Typically, bonds lose like I forgot what it was, like five percent of their value or whatever. Wow! For every quarter, uh, something, something like that. Don't quote me on that. It's a number. The number. All I heard was bond rates. The rates go it's much up. higher. They go down in value much higher because they don't go up in value to, realistically. To, yeah. uh, well, unless it drop pri- rates. Unless it drop rates, crazy. But they couldn't go any high, uh, higher from the where they were because rates were already at zero percent. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean. But yeah, not a good time to buy bonds then. No, right now is a great time to buy bonds. Well, now yes. Oh, not at that point. Yeah, but the risk for them was a risk-free asset because it's considered a risk-free asset. Yes, because you go into maturity. Meaning, remember, bonds the way they work is, I buy you, I I promise the the initial the principal plus the interest. Mm-hmm. You give me I I give you money, you give me interest, and then you give me back my same amount of money plus interest. You just have to hold it until then. You just can't. You, and accepts in the case of when you can't hold it until then. Until you can't, because you need to sell it. Because you, you need to sell it because you, you need cash. I see. But right now is a great time to buy bonds. Five percent bonds. Five percent. Yeah, something like that. Per year. Yes. Not bad. That's actually really good. Mm-hmm. But inflation. Uh, inflation's at six though. Mm-hmm. Inflation's at six percent. You're getting back the principal. You're not spending any money. You're they're just giving you a free five percent. Mm-hmm. What do you mean you're getting back the principal? Whatever you put into the bank, whatever the bond. But, but, so. I told you, I said, I've said four times what a bond is and how it works. Mm-hmm. What What is the bond? Okay, a bond is uh, issued by the government. Correct. So that whenever you're, whatever you're depositing into the bond, it's like, a, it's like you're lending the government money, correct? It's not whatever you want. It's specific prices. Specific, yeah, specific amounts. Whatever amount that you're capable of. Okay. That that bond will have there's different rates, there's different times yeah, for yeah. bonds and different rates for them. Uh, at the end of the maturity, you'll get back the percentage at the rate that that bond was at five percent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're losing money if interest rates is at six percent. 
Okay. The very crucial thing you're forgetting is it's not money you deposit. You're buying the bond. Mm-hmm. So if a bond costs a thousand dollars. You're gonna give the government a thousand. A thousand dollars. Gonna give you a bond. Uh-huh. At the end of maturity, mm-hmm. the that bond will pay you five percent for that thousand, and they give you back your thousand. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you give them back the bond. So your yeah. thousand mm-hmm. you kept yeah, yeah, and yeah. you made five percent on yes, it. Yes. Okay. Okay. I was on that. I was on that. I figured. I, I, okay. Did I not explain that that way? No. Okay. You didn't say that. At the end that's exactly. That's exactly how I. That's how I. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Yes, inflation is at 6%, but a bond's paying you 5% risk-free because you're getting back all your money. There is no chance of you losing the money. I see. So that's like hedging against... It is, yes, it's, it's a risk-free investment is what they consider mm-hmm. it. Unless the, you know, unless the government goes default. Unless the, go- unless the government defaults. Unless the government defaults. But that's, that's a different There's thing. no such thing as risk-free investments in this space. That's a different thing, though. Government defaults. $31 trillion. In, in this debt. space or any space. Fair enough. But yeah. Defaults. That's crazy. What can take the government to default? What? What can make the government default? The government's currently in, in danger of defaulting on their loans. <laughs> in okay. another... It's like, the current situation yeah. we're in. What, what month are we in? We're in what? March. March? Okay, in another four months, they can. if they do not raise the debt ceiling, we're defaulting. They do not raise the debt ceiling? Yes, we're defaulting. Okay. What happens? Meaning we stop, meaning we won't be able to meet uh, payments that are owed. So we have to... How do we how do we meet those payments? Just raising the debt ceiling, acquire more debt. Is that the only option? And printing money. And printing money. There's a lot of things that you have to do right now. About reducing expend expenses. Also, printing option. money. And that's printing money. What do you mean? Printing money is not reducing expenses. Printing money is not reducing expenses. It's reducing the amount of value we're losing on our currency, which will raise the value of our currency. What? Reducing the value of our currency? <laughs> printing money is causing our currency's value to, to go down. To go down. Mm-hmm. That's not reducing expenses. But it helps to fight inflation. There's a, We have more than one problem, is what you're forgetting, and they're all at the same exact time. Mm. Printers are going burr, so it's making inflation go up. We have a debt ceiling, meaning we can't spend anymore because we owe too much already. Yeah, no, it's bad. So... When we try to fix one problem, I'm sure we, we get encountered with another problem because there's so many different factors. Defaulting on the loans, high interest rates, uh, high inflation. The interest rates, they raise their interest rates to try to reduce inflation. But does raising interest rates, how does that affect our our loans? The rate the, in which the Federal Reserve, Federal Reserve borrows at, it's higher now. Who does the Federal Reserve borrow from? No one, no. From the Fed. The Fed, the Fed, the Federal Reserve. Oh, my fault. I confused them too. <laughs> my fault. My fault. So the Federal Reserve are, are raising rates, but the Treasury is the one who are, who are in charge of um. My fault. Are yeah, in right. charge of um, the, the 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 debt seat. The debt seat. Yeah. How much money is being spent? Yeah. Um, the rate in which they're borrowing from the Federal Reserve is much higher now. That's crazy. I think that's how that works. <laughs> like, I'm not, we'll like, be honest, bro. Like this, it gets complex at this at this point. This is getting complex. You need some real big branch for these. The way the who they borrow, like I don't even understand who they borrow from. I think they can also borrow from like like institutions. If I'm not mistaken. What? I think the the Federal Reserve or the Treasury are also able to uh, borrow from institutions. I think that's happened before. I think so too. Was it like Ford or something? No. 
No? You're thinking about different things. You're thinking about when Ford bought uh, GM. I mean, Ford. When the U.S. bought GM, bailed them out of bankruptcy, and then they they paid themselves out. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah. It's not the same thing. No. <clears throat> so, what the... FDAC. We sound very confused right now. If we do, we apologize. It's been it is a con, it is a so intricate topic. First of all, Our brains first can't of all, I didn't know that. too much about this going into this conversation. He wasn't prepared for this. This you know, more prepared for his topic than he was prepared for mine. I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> but okay, so FDAC bailed out uh Silicon Valley Bank. But it didn't bail them out. But but not by directly buying stocks off of them. No, no, it did not bail them out. It offering them it only it, only protect the depositors okay. by recu- by getting loans from by offering loans to- well no whatever they're going to do either oh. offer loans or pay them out they're only protecting the deposit however they give however they pay whoever their deposit doesn't matter but they're only going to be doing that paying out the depositors who were banking with uh silicon valley okay um the bailout was 2008 that was a real bailout 2008 uh because they gave banks money to mm-hmm. continue running, mm-hmm. they didn't protect, they didn't cover depositors' money because they didn't pull out like that. They just covered their mistakes. Versus here, they we're not punishing the customer for the mistakes of the bank. Okay, sounds uh, that was that to do with two thousand eight had to do with like uh, what's it called? Those uh, mortgage-backed securities. Yeah, but then they have don't they have a name? Mortgage-backed securities. Bernie Mac or something like that. There are specific indexes that may have different names. Yes. Do I know any of them in specific? No, but they're just considered mortgage-backed securities. Okay. Meaning it's a pile, it's a a portfolio that's being traded that has a bunch of just mortgages at different rates and whatever. And people, and you're just trading those. And those loans were being given out and those loans were given out willy-nilly. What? No, I was just like, Give a dead eye look at the camera. I was like staring, staring. Oh, it's probably I'm looking at that the camera is right there. Yeah, there's a camera right there. Yep, clearly I'm pointing at it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I meant for I meant for that. Oh, for that camera. Got the camera. Got the finger in. It's funny. How's the battery doing on that? It's about to die. That one's halfway. This one's about to die. Yeah, it's less than halfway. Oh, okay. They're about to die. You want to get into liquid staking? I guess you just cough an entire topic you're just about to get into. Well, I don't know. You're bringing them with the mortgage back securities that you said. No, no. I was just curious to see if, because I was just going off the tangent of uh, how the federal government bought GM or bailed out GM. That, yeah. That was yeah. just, I was just trying to compare it, compare those two to see how they compared. It was different. It wasn't like I was trying to go down into mortgage back securities and explore that whole rabbit hole. No, they're kind of like, no, they're th- those situ- both of those situations are different. I see. Yeah, this is an actual bank run. The other one was they were selling dog, dog, dog trash. Okay. And it just blew up in their face. Some doggy do. Yeah. But we can get into liquid staking. These cameras might not make it for this. And like I told Alex, I knew this was going to happen. I'm saying, it on, I'm saying it now. I told him to buy chargers. He told me we don't need it. If it dies, you know, <laughs> I like being right. I'm just saying that so he can listen to it. I don't know why that one's dying. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. You didn't charge him correctly. I charge him full, full of max. All right, it is what it is. Yeah, no, that one's a little, yeah, that, that one's like that's a little oh, yeah, like, a little bit. So, what's up? Liquid staking. Can you compare it to bonds? What? They're different. No, completely different, right? Yes. Is it though? Yes. 
Cause why? What do you mean why? Well, when you're staking, you deposit some funds. Okay. Uh, into the the blockchain. Okay. At that particular whatever blockchain the proof of stake blockchain. Got you. And over time, you earn a percentage reward off of whatever you submitted. Correct. At the end of the maturity period, your lockup period, you get your initial deposit back. Plus whatever you had. Uh, Plus the rewards. Uh-huh. It is different because in terms of the rate that you that the bond is being paid out, it is guaranteed. It does not fluctuate. The bond. The bond. Mm-hmm. For staking, it does fluctuate. Mm. On traffic, demand, and everything else. That is true. That is very true. Uh, the however, there is a drawback for the bond particular where you have to wait till the maturity to get the reward. No, for bonds, no, 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 why not? Because it all depends on what type of bond you're buying. Bonds can be can pay out differently. Okay, a bond can pay out four times a year if you sell it before the maturity date, you get paid out those two times. Oh, there's bonds that like, yeah, they're bonds that who compound monthly, quarterly, okay. depends yearly. At different rates, at different everything. Actually. Yeah. Okay. So it's similar to staking. No. Yes. <laughs> sure. If you want to say it's similar, yeah. But there there are some key differences. Yeah. Centralized market. No, bonds are guaranteed to pay out an X amount. And yes, also centralized market. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and guaranteed to pay out a certain percentage. Yeah. Uh, doesn't fluctuate. Negative. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Also, you can, I think you can pull out almost at any time. Bonds? Yeah, almost. I, I'm sure there is a cooldown period, like so a I know, time frame. I, I was looking into the bonds a little ago, and I saw that they like have like different time periods, like yeah, twelve weeks, thirty two weeks, yeah, whatever. They do. Yeah, but they're low, they're similar. They have some key differences. That's I would say that. Mm. All right. So liquid staking. Do you think I need to go over like staking the whole process of what? Uh, validating blocks is whenever you become a staker, you're depositing money into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love how he asked me. He goes to me. Do you think I have to go over what liquid what staking is, and then starts to go over staking? What are you doing here? Why are you asking questions and then just doing it? I don't get it. I don't freaking get it, dude. No, just to just to, just to poke some of your buttons. That's a lie. You just did it unconsciously. You're like, I, no, I, was, I was pretty aware of what I was doing. I didn't do it to poke buttons. I just did it because I was like, yeah. might as well. This guy is annoying. All right. So, um, boom, 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 boom. You know what, man? What? Just get into it. <laughs> just get into it. You told me about, like, okay, staking. Mm-hmm. Liquid steward. We Yes, people. Staking, you validate blocks by holding up some of that native currency, get paid a reward, and then that's a certain time period, or depending on the, on the currency, whenever you want, you can pull it out. Happy Fandango. They have staking pools. You can stake on the main chain, depending on the chain, and and sometimes on wallets. Rundown. Quick, simple. Next, continue. All right. Drawbacks to staking. What are drawbacks to staking? The lockup period. Uh, it's very technical. Like, it's, sometimes it requires, and other times, uh, depending on the chain, can be quite expensive, like upfront cost. Like yes. Ethereum, you need 32 Ethereum to start uh, staking, be, being your own validator. Correct. Right. So yeah, uh, every time you, the point of staking is to become a validator where you would validate the next block and earn a Coinbase for that. Um, the issue being the high upfront cost, 
the technical like technical skill uh-huh. required and difficulty for like, well time for lockup. Yeah. However, there is this uh, cool DeFi tool protocol called uh, known as Liquid Staking that allows users to stake their assets um, and retain some of the liquidity for their staked assets. Uh, this works by uh, third parties um, <clears throat> or smart contracts issuing out derivatives for whatever you staked, uh, pretty much making like a, a staked back uh, coin. So whenever you deposit, let's say, usually it would be one-to-one, you deposit, like, let's say one ETH, uh, you could get one uh, staked ETH token back. Uh, that will be marked. It was like that. Uh, it'll be that coin. That token will be derived from the the coin that's locked up in in the staking protocol. Mm. The market for that should be quite interesting because, like, th- whenever you get a a staked back token, uh, you know that that token is just like it's kind of like locked up for a certain period of time. Do you think it, it will flow as easily, like have the same, retain the same value? So it doesn't create double spending. It doesn't because it's just locked. It's just. So how does the person who receive? Okay. So for example, if you lock up one ETH, mm. you have a staked ETH. I have an NFT. You buy the NFT with the staked ETH. Mm. How do, and your lockup period comes out. It's unlocked. You unlock the staked ETH. I would have to unlock it or immediately you just get sent to me. Yeah, so when once that ETH gets unlocked, like after the staking, mm-hmm. you could either choose to. I don't know exactly how it works. Actually, I haven't really uh, looked. Like I haven't actually done liquid staking myself. But either it would go, it would get unstaked. Uh, you would have that. I don't think coins move out of your wallet like that, though. Um, like they just don't get transacted out into the a contract. You need a. You probably likely have to go into that contract. And so, and exchange your staked ETH for unlocked ETH. For your unlocked ETH to unlock your yeah, ETH. Your, uh, to get the actual ETH. So how what would the stake ETH token be used for? Regular transactions. For DeFi protocols, just buying, selling stuff. But I just tried to buy an NFT and it didn't you just said it wouldn't let me. No, no, you could buy you could do any transaction you want with a with a staked back it died. My camera just died. <laughs> Just yours, William. I think the camera has a. No, you're at a. You're at a one bar. Oh yeah, that one is at one bar. One bar. I just got. What's the recording time? Um, an hour. An hour. Looks like that's what. That looks. An hour is what it takes. Doesn't look like it takes more than that. Because that's that's more or less when it died last time too. Yeah, after it turned off. Yeah. Okay. An hour is what you got. Got to get charged. Called it. Alright. That's um, all I wanted to say. What's it called? Uh, so anytime you 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 could do a transaction for. Okay, so my question is, if you go and you transact and you get the stake ETH and you send me a half a stake ETH and you send someone else half a stake ETH, mm-hmm. how do we get the real ETH? You go into the protocol that that issued that stake ETH mm-hmm. and exchange it for unstaked ETH. Okay, so I'll have to then go in and unst- uh, reclaim any unstaked ETH. Mm-hmm. And then that stake ETH that you spent that wouldn't be returned just gets stayed with the protocol. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So it just be based. So it can create double spending. How? I just don't. Re- I just don't go back and reclaim the stake ETH. You don't go back and reclaim the stake ETH. So you could just spend that that stake ETH. Yeah. Just backed by stake ETH. 
Yeah, but it's creating another staked ETH. No. So okay, so, so you cannot restake the staked ETH. I no no no, I know that. But I can take the staked ETH, right? Mm-hmm. Buy real ETH with it. If someone's willing to to that is yeah, I can buy it. Mm-hmm. Right? Or I can't buy it uh, from an exchange. I can't convert it. Some someone will probably yeah. The rate will not be one to one though. The no. staked ETH would probably be cheaper. Because but, you need a way to get it. So wouldn't someone just buy staked ETH then and then retrieve real ETH for it? Yeah, but there's only so much staked ETH that, that they could exchange at a certain rate. Doesn't matter. If I'm gonna buy ch- staked ETH mm-hmm. that's backed by real ETH mm-hmm. for a lower rate, I could buy the staked ETH at a lower rate, then get real ETH that's worth more. Whenever it gets unstaked. You just told me there's a staking pool where I could just reclaim my staked ETH from. Yeah, so that's the thing that I don't know exactly how that would work. Because now it creates double spending. If it doesn't create double spending, it creates huge arbitrage. The the arbitrage will be leveraged, but will be like counter counterweighted by the by the by the staking period. It wouldn't though. Why not? Because I don't I don't know how the protocol is working, and mm-hmm. you don't know 100 how the protocol works either. What I'm saying is, if we have one staked ETH, mm-hmm. right, and I or not even someone is selling staked ETH. The mm-hmm. token and real ETH, for an example, is at fifteen hundred dollars, and the staked ETH is worth a thousand dollars. We can buy the staked ETH, the, the token, the staked ETH token for a thousand, and you can open, unlock it, and you get fifteen hundred. You arbitrage the difference, so it has to be either one to one, or I don't think the difference would be that big. Okay, a hundred dollars. It doesn't matter. The difference is big enough to where it would make sense either way. Uh, because your real asset's worth more than the fake asset. They're both okay. So the the fake asset just backed by the the other one. I'm saying you can arbitrage one for the other. Likely, yeah. Like you can do it with any market. Likely, not every market's creating a separate token that's backed by a real token that that anyone could go and use. Not every market. What? Not every market can create its own separate token, and you yourself go and use it. Like I can use my for example mm. when you borrow stocks against your stock you're just putting up your stocks as the asset and you're borrowing at a rate or whatever mm-hmm. the bank has the assets meaning whenever they have to liquidate they just liquidate here though it's a little different because you can go out and buy that's this the the same exact thing and it'll be worth more because someone's willing to sell me the other asset the stake teeth so the, yeah that's like the part that i didn't understand about like that whole like introduction of a new of that new like layer of complexity Oh, there goes the other camera. It didn't last long. That one, that one was at the half, at the half marker though. I for a little bit longer. They weren't. No, they probably weren't. Maybe a little bit, depending on one one setting. Things different, but they both died like a minute apart or two minutes apart of anything. So we'll have the same thing, audio only for the end of it because cameras die. Now we know. Mm-hmm. Gotta get cables on these mother truckers. So get this. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lido state ETH is worth 0.99 ETH. So the state ETH is actually worth more. That makes sense. Though. Why? Because now you're not incentivized to buy it. Because it's worth less than the real ETH. It's worth no. It's worth more in real ETH. You're not incentivized to buy the fake ETH, the, the state ETH over the real ETH. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So like in the example that you're giving, the, the state ETH was worth less than. Well, yeah. You said it'll be worth less. I said that? You'll hear it. No, no, I'm not, I don't remember if, if, if I said that. If I did say that, then I, the problem, I think the reason why I say it, it would be worth less would be because of the fact that it is staked. 
Yeah, probably. And you won't have access to it immediately. So then why would it have, why would it be worth more? Well, I, I'm not looking at what you're looking at. So how are they making it worth more? What are, so I'm just looking at coin market cap, uh, Lido staked ETH, mm-hmm. $1,692 and 46 cents. Well, okay. And what's ETH at? Um, well, comparing it to like pricing it in, in, in Ethereum, mm-hmm. once Lido staked ETH is worth 0.9924 Ethereum. One is worth 0.99. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one staked ETH is worth 0.9914 it's the same amount. Yeah. That's like the pegging. That's like the pegging thing. Ninety nine cents. It's pretty close. It's a dollar. It's mm-hmm. the same amount essentially. Like the arbitrage there is not gonna. Nothing's gonna happen with the arbitrage there. Mm-hmm. It's not so big enough. Gas fees and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's not a big enough difference to make sense. Yeah. So like the main reason for the stake thing is so that people can get the the access to the liquidity thing. Yeah. It's just kind of interesting because the point of like locking up your ETH is so that you have something to lose if you don't validate your blocks. Yeah, but your blocks still get slashed. Uh Uh-huh. So also, I'm assuming if that happens, they they will probably flag the ETH you were holding in that wallet, or they'll flag your wallet as well Mm -hmm. that had the ETH, and then I'll trigger a whole thing. So that goes into the risk associated with liquid staking. The liquid staking is typically done by a third party. Yeah. uh, That will take your ETH and stake it for you and then they'll issue out a uh, staked ETH or a uh, staked uh, asset, whatever. Derived asset from, from whatever you're staking. Because I've seen, uh, they, I see they do it for Solana, Ethereum and Luna, I think, or something like that. They probably did do it for Luna. RIP. Yeah. Uh, so if that third party starts uh validating incorrect blocks and gets punished by the by the by the blockchain yeah then that party would lose out on the assets that that it has yeah but that's your fault like that's on the person who gave them the yeah that's risk there's just risk associated with that that's why i tell you like to make sure you check the validators out how much have they Mm -hmm. validated yeah that's risk separate from like market like market value changing or uh smart contract being hacked yeah it's something um yeah no nah, it's just uh it seems like there's some decent returns on investment when people uh stake through using liquid staking protocols uh because lido offers like a 4.5 percent uh apr apy yeah a reward uh-huh. for staking with them oh no my bad 6.6 percent for okay. ethereum uh 6.3 for uh Polygon and 6.6 for Solana. Okay. Quite a bit of rewards. Actually, I'm looking at this. And they lend out or how do they get, how do they make the, the spread? Well, what do you mean? How do they make the 6%? How do they make that 6%? Yeah. Um, Cause so, staking doesn't make that. So no staking doesn't make that 6%, but whatever you have staked, you could also like borrow against. So you're actually to bring collateralized on as yeah, well. Yeah. I'm assuming because there's no way that they're making six. At least I don't think they're making 6.6. No. At least I'm looking at Polkadot and Kusama. Yeah. Those percentages are even higher. 18.9 and 17.3. Yeah, yeah. No, they're arbitrary. They're um they're definitely lending against that. So their total staking tokens is 10 billion with a total reward paid of 452 million and uh, 288,000 stakers. This is specifically uh Lido. Yeah. Um 
do, 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 do. Oh, they have an analytics page. Yeah, they have to be. Um, yeah, they're bar. They're they're collateralizing that. You get those rewards, right? Because like six point six percent is pretty. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're not making that any other way. Either that or trading at something. Yeah, it doesn't make sense for it just to be. No, that you can't. It's not possible. So other uh, what's it called? Other liquidity providers include Tempest, where they have a something called a yield bearing a yield bearing token, um, that pretty much does the mm-hmm. the payouts of whatever the token was, um, whatever the token, what's it called? Oh, a payout for a specific period of time consistently. Kind of like the like that bonds that have different okay. different. Okay. So it's paying out uh, uh, every certain period yeah. of time. Um, and you could fix and you could fix your yield with uh with Tempest. Okay, that's cool. So that would be more similar to what the bonds are. Yeah. I don't know. The whole liquid staking thing seems a little interesting, but it's just definitely one of those topics. That's well, it's not just liquid staking. It's so you're this the one you're talking about specifically is liquid staking with um. With the ability to have liquidity yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You getting like some type of derived token from mm-hmm. whatever you're locking up. Because you can provide liquidity for liquidity pool. You're still liquid staking technically or no. Kind of. Uh, I wouldn't say you are because mm-hmm. of the fact that you're you're just uh, you're whatever you're putting into the pool is just staying in there. You can't pull that out. That needs to stay in there. Yeah. Um, but you will get the rewards paid out subsequently. Like as time progresses, you'll get the reward paid out while keeping that in, in the pool. Gotcha. But what differentiates that uh, from liquidity, what differentiates liquidity pools from liquid staking is, well, for specifically for liquid staking is when you lock up the tokens, you get a derived token. For liquidity pools, you're just providing liquidity by putting in uh, assets into an, a place that people are going to be exchanging for a certain rate and you get your reward will be that rate um typically uh the rate for the liquidity pools starts to change depending on which assets more liquid or less liquid in that Not specific yeah. uh, uh trading pair yeah i know that but no definitely not the same thing as liquidity pools and liquid staking okay we'll leave it at that We'll leave it at that. Fuck it. What a shit show this ending was. It's been another episode of your favorite crypto podcast, sometimes crypto. The Unscripted Crypto Podcast. Oh, wait. Please like and subscribe. Follow. Yes. I think we got some good clips from this. At the very least, we got clips, dog. We'll see what happens with this video. Sayonara. Heyo.